This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hello, 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 it's me, Coffee Fitness Unicorn, your pocket DJ, and you're listening to Coffee Chats Podcast, a show where storytelling and coffee hang out. This week's extra special guest is my babies, Brandy Kirschbaum. In this episode, we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of coffee. But the main theme of this episode is the letter S for support. We share silly stories. We kind of talk a lot about this subject, but that's because it's something that's near and dear to our hearts. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the conversation. Thank you for subscribing. I can't thank you enough. And I'm so happy that you are hanging out with us here in my virtual coffee spot. Go forth and be magical. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm all right song. And hello. Hi. <laughs> That was our fight song. That's our fight song. Prove we're all right song. Taking back my life song. In that order. Exactly. How you doing, baby? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I got yeah. a cup of coffee and I got my baby by my side. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of, you made the coffee this morning. I did make the coffee. What are we drinking? We are drinking a medium roast. I believe it is Costa Rican, but I'm not sure. I don't know if I should say what, whose it is. Or not because we're not like promoting any particular coffee. We're not promoting any. No, we're just we're just we're just drinking it. it. Yeah, but you do make the coffee every morning now. Mm -hmm. That's your thing. That's my thing. Yeah, that's what I I do. Occasionally make you you know the fancy drinks, but you make us coffee every morning. I do. It's it's not naked coffee like like the hotel. No, no, I occasionally occasionally yeah but that's that's only for special occasions too yeah well it was every occasion when we were first together (laughs) yes you know that's that was sometimes you have to move from hotel into the real world yes our hotel (laughs) fantasy life yes no so uh i'm gonna go ahead and do the intro to let everybody know what's uh what's happening okay hi buddy Okay, so the kitty cat just decided to join us on the podcast too. So he's right here. But uh, hello, hello, hello. It's me, Coffee Fitness Unicorn, your pocket DJ, and you're listening to Coffee Chats Podcast, a show where storytelling and coffee hang out. And today, I get to hang out with my baby. Yeah, thanks for having me on your, your show, Bibis. <laughs> the extra special guest. I'm so honored. Yes. Yeah. As always. Yeah. So we 
are going to talk about a couple of things. Mm -hmm. We actually do have a specific topic to, to talk about, and I'm sure we're not the only ones that have experienced this. Yes. Um, so how about you, how about you, uh, you lead us into the topic. How about that? Okay. Where we were talking the other day about support and you had played for me a video with a couple of a celebrity. It was Joan Jett and Questlove. Joan Jett and Questlove on Twitter. Yeah. And they were talking about why, why don't other people support other, other people? Yes. It's a typical thing that family and friends, and if you do have family and friends that are supportive, uh, kudos to you because that's very rare. Yes. It's, it's generally strangers that you find to be most supportive when you're, you know, going into an endeavor that may not seem safe to other people, such as opening a small business, uh, you know, pursuing a, a creative career, such as being an author or a musician. And the two of us were trying to understand and process for ourselves why it is that, that people that you feel should actually care about your pursuit of happiness do not and strangers do and if that is a because they're intimidated or whatever whatever the case may be we were pondering that little question and it's something that we've done for quite some time we've pondered that we've had we've had it together we've had it individually um you know and so uh you know I I've always struggled with with my family not being supportive but it's it's been my whole life really, I, I really love to draw and do things and, and despite how they were as a family they're they're very toxic um they did not support any of my creative they stifled our creativity both of our our families but um so I I don't know what, what do you think? What, why do you think that is? Do you have any suggestions? Well, that's, that's kind of what we always kept asking. Like, you know, why don't these people support? Especially because they're the ones that know us the most, the closest, the best, right? So, you know, well, I mean, family-wise, like I'm, I do have, you know, my deep close friends that, that are supportive, that do help. So right. it's not, it's not, you're this, fortunate. Yes. This is not direct. This question is not obviously not directed towards them. This is directed towards the, 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 those of us in our family group dynamic that have not been supportive. Yeah. So I think it's more of an immediate family thing yeah. um, that it is. Well, you know, I, I'm kind of a loner in general. So I found when I had the coffee shop that you know, the customers were more supportive of, you know, put up your awards and, you know, I, I'd be so excited to tell, you know, someone in my family, something I'd accomplished. Like I was in Zagat, I was taught to coffee shops in San Diego and they could care less. Right. They told me I was going to fail, that small businesses fail. And, and what's interesting is my mom, when I told my mom that you were 
you know, Zagat rated and that you had a, a little coffee shop and that you were, you know, your own, like, she was so thrilled. Like she, she wanted me to be an entrepreneur. Like she would have loved for me to have like my own coffee shop. You know, I know she would have been thrilled had I, you know, gone that route, but I didn't. And so she didn't understand why I would want to work for someone else. And say, right. it, was completely it was so weird. It was opposite. It was so and weird. I, uh, I was grateful for that support because your mom, besides yourself, your mom is, was my biggest supporter and she was really understanding of the business and mm-hmm. she really enjoyed her time there. And so like, that made me so happy that like, that my, you meeting you and then meeting your mom were like the two single greatest things that ever happened to me with having the coffee shop awards aside, customers aside, like that change, that was literally life-changing. That was literally a life-changing soy cappuccino. Yeah. You are the first person that's ever come into my life that didn't question anything to do with the coffee shop, didn't tell me what I should be doing. You support everything that I do. You know, I've been going through a hard time um, these last few weeks, well, longer than that even, but it's just all come to a a head um, with, you know, my trauma. And I've just, I've been, I've been really struggling and, and you're always so supportive and you support my my writing endeavors and you, whatever I do, you're behind it like a hundred percent. You're like, mm-hmm. if you want to do this, I believe in you, you can do it. And so I've had to adjust to the, the one person having to be 80 and filling all the, filling all those hats. But, um, I, I was finding that, you know, I was, I was having a lot of anxiety from my, from life, just my family in general, and then compounding that with, you know, things that I was focusing on that weren't necessarily healthy. So I took a no phones break. Yes. So I haven't been on my phone at all for about a week now. About going on a week now. A little, yeah. a little mini me retreat. Yeah. Yes. And it's been really nice. Like, yes. Spending time together in the real world. And I realized I was taking everything that I have here for granted because I was focusing so hard on other, every, things. other things that were affecting me. And so, uh, you you wanted to help me with some coping tools so you set up a therapy appointment Mm -hmm. and you came along as my emotional uh, support support human yeah and we confused the therapist completely (laughs) because she's not used to seeing a healthy couple come into therapy and I'm like oh no 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 we're not here for each other she's just here for me (laughs) you're my dual therapist now yeah you're gonna be working together (laughs) and uh so she it took her a while a little while to process and she's like uh, you know, could see how much we love each other and how the external forces, like we both have external forces. You've just, you've already gone through that and got some coping tools, a few some yeah. coping mechanisms mm-hmm. to help and that I could use some as yes, well. Yes, we could all use some, um, some coping but, skills and tools. But the main, I think the main theme is, is overall support. Mm-hmm. What started affecting me mentally a lot was going through so much childhood trauma into adulthood. Um, and not having any support in my whole life and always being independent because there was no one there to emotionally be available for me. So I I self-soothed a lot. Right. No. Have you noticed how Coffee Fueled Stories doesn't have any ads? That's because I work tirelessly to keep this show alive. After three years on my own, I've decided I need to ask for your help. 
I've never asked anyone to subscribe. I've never asked anyone to leave a review. I've never asked anyone to rate the show. And I've never asked anyone to pay to listen. There are a few ways you can help support the show. I've created a Patreon page, Coffee Field Stories, and a subscription section on my podcast website. It's simple to support and help me keep my dream alive. Just click the link in the show notes to set up your paid subscription option. It's that easy. Thank you for your support. The The issue was it was always swept under the rug. It was there, but it was swept under the rug. And the, the issue for you was that the rug became a huge mound. Yes. Like it, you, you can't escape it and no one ever addressed it. And, you know, all I want to do is, is be there to help you work through it. So like when you talk to me about your writings and your stories, I'm always like, baby, put that on your website. Like put right. that out there, share that with the world. Like people need to hear your stuff, yeah. you know, it like means a lot that you like my writing. I love your writings that you like my arts. I love your characters. I love the worlds that you create. And I love when I wake you up in the mornings and you tell me about your dreams because they always sound like a cinematic <laughs> experience. They are basically <laughs> they are a cinematic experience that goes on all night. Yep. Yeah. Because I don't have those. I, I, I don't remember my dreams. And so the fact like yesterday, you literally were walking me through like every step of your dream. And all I kept thinking was, how the hell does she remember all that? Like, because they're so vivid. I don't always remember every aspect of my dream and I don't remember every dream but they are so vivid usually that I can remember big parts of them um so it's that's always something that I've had is and and I have recurring dreams often that's yes you do have your recurring dreams yeah but I'm I'm definitely it's it I like I said I I love when I get to wake you up and ask you how you slept and then you're like I slept okay I dreamt all night and I and then you're like, I remember this one. And like, you'll literally walk me through your dreams. And I'm just like, yeah, that's it, kind of our morning. Yeah. Or if you fall asleep before me, you ask me how the, the show that we were watching went. And so, so I, I, I recap like, you. Yeah. Um, like, but, what did I miss? Yeah. And I don't generally wake up before you wake me up. But because I was doing a no phones thing, I decided not to keep my phone in the bedroom, which was kind of not the best idea because I like to read sometimes so I'm just in there like kind of being bored um but I you were out you woke up ahead of me and because I wasn't on my phone which I know not everyone has that luxury of not being able to be not like being on your phone but I I kind of have earned that um but I I wrote you a note and slid it under the door to come get me on a paper towel <laughs> on a paper t- I had a paper towel uh, for condensation on my water and I wrote I'm awake please come get me I love you and that was my like little SOS message that I'm awake and I'm not gonna get up I'm sorry <laughs> come get me yeah. come get me because that's our routine and yeah. you coming and getting me in the morning is if 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 my things don't go the way that they're supposed to it messes your up order your it's order of operations order. my order of operations <laughs> I need you to come get me and yeah wake you up or yes. well like again to well and then you also hang out with the kids yes, like, so. so it's really adorable actually 
because you come and get me, but you don't just come and get me. You're already hyper. You're like, yeah, been you've been up, hours. you drink coffee. I've had a full day. You come to my side of the bed and you like rub me and then you crawl over me to uh-huh. get to your side of the bed. You don't go around the bed. No. You crawl over me yes. and then you bounce into your spot. Yes. And then you're, we talk, yes. we talk about either my dreams or the, the, the show, show, what I missed. Oh, I and then, uh, we, and then, uh, you open the, well, the door, the door's open or you open the door and you peek out at the cat and then he comes and walks into the bedroom and he asks for uppies for bed, bedtime mm-hmm. because he wants to cuddle in the morning. So I cuddle you and then we cuddle the cat mm-hmm. and then we get up and have coffee and breakfast and We'll start our day. We'll start our day. That's but that's how that's basically how our day goes every morning. That's our order of that's operations. Our order of operations. Yes. Um, we don't society very often. No. Uh, what did I tell you about the grocery store the other day? Uh, I said, "Oh, hell is a busy grocery store that's low on inventory." <laughs> yes, because it was. Because for some reason, we decided to go shopping just before uh, Memorial Day weekend. Yes. And so everybody apparently was at the store getting stuff for barbecues and it was crazy. It was, it wasn't that people were being rude per se. It was, it was, it was a different kind of rudeness. Like the rudeness that we've experienced usually like, um, people just seemed really oblivious yes. to everybody being there. Are, it's changed a lot. I think with the pandemic, um, people were always rude before the pandemic, but they're especially different now. Like it's changed people a lot. And there's so much going on in the world that I think that we're all just experiencing some Welchmerts. Yes. Um, some we- world weariness. But I think that what happened was uh, people are now able to get together and have gatherings, like big gatherings. Yeah, this was the first, like, so real. This was the first holiday. And it's not necessarily a holiday either. It's just a three-day weekend, but everyone was able to gather. So like, they were having barbecues. Yeah. They were coming out of their shells. Like, and you could just feel the difference in like people's behavior yes. at the grocery yeah. store. But and just... we were walking. <laughs> Excuse the kitty. <laughs> we... He was, he is very uh, world-weary as well. Yes. And he's got so he's, Yeah, he's, he's a... Uh, it wants to give his two cents. Yeah. But you, you, yes. Uh, when we were walking with the, from, from with the cart to the car, that's when you came up with your hell is a, a gro- crowded grocery store low on inventory. And I just literally just started busting out laughing. And I was just like, Oh my God. I was like the things that come out of your mouth. I'm just like, that was, I was like, that was freaking brilliant. Like that was perfect. Yeah. When you can't reach for something and some, cause somebody's standing in the aisle and they won't move. And, and they, yeah, they just stand just been there. standing there for 20 minutes looking at soup. And I was like, abort, abort. It's not vital to the mission. <laughs> Um, I'm not a person that likes, uh, a change either when I go to the grocery store, like I want my brands, my particular brands. And I hate when I have to settle for a brand. That's not the brand I intended for. We have to substitute. Yes. And it's, I'm, I was really frustrated and I was just grabbing whatever I could reach because it was just madness of Karens and people standing in front of things it was it was chaotic but it wasn't again it was like before people were um 
like the one thing like they used to well these yeah. pe- people were they kind were just of a, they were kind of happy for the most part but they but were they like were, lo- lollygagging yeah they were like oblivious they had They're no oblivious. idea there were three other people trying to get to the same thing behind them they yeah. were just blocking that section and we were just kind of like okay we'll just come back well as introverts we can't understand the excitement for a, a gathering <laughs> So we're like, no, we are hunkering down. We bought like two weeks worth of groceries and we're yeah. like, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, we're not leaving the house for several the weeks. therapist for several weeks. Yeah. Um, Which is like, exciting because we're having burgers. You're going to do mm-hmm. um, copycat in and out tonight. For Super excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did go to the bookstore the other day. That was one of our outings. Yes. We do, we do generally go to the library or bookstore if we're going to society. But, and that was because, again, I support you. And so you had found an author mm-hmm. that kind of spoke to you. And yeah. it wasn't a self-help book per se. No. And, and so you were very, in, and I had never heard of this guy. And I was very intrigued. And I was like, well, why don't we go see if, because, and you said the library had his book on hold for like 10 weeks or something like that. Several months. Several months. Yeah. That's how popular he is. And so I was like, yeah, I was like, "Uh." he wrote the Midnight Library, which I'm really excited to read, but haven't been able to get a copy of yet. Right. Um, We, he also wrote uh, a couple of books. He suffers from anxiety and depression and he's developed, you know, his own coping mechanisms and so I just thought it would be uh, maybe some some valuable information because uh, it, what what happened was it was really really odd because you were sleeping yes. and I like I said I'm not on any kind of uh, social media right now and we're in the internet and so I was just in in Libby my little Libby app it's my favorite thing in the world. Um, trying to find some audiobooks mm-hmm. to listen to uh, while I to go to sleep. And Neil Gaiman is one of my favorites because his voice is so soothing and he I can't sleep without a bedtime story from Neil Gaiman usually and I'll listen to the same thing over and over again. I don't care. I just like the way he talks. And so Matt Haig is also British. I believe he's British. And I heard his voice and I was like, ooh. <laughs> and I started listening to him talk about how you know, he was, he was having a lot of anxiety in life and he would sit and stare. And this is just the sample intro because this audiobook isn't available for a while. So we were trying to find the actual physical copy, but he would sit and stare at an email and he couldn't focus. And that's what was happening to me. I couldn't focus on anything. I was trying to write and I couldn't focus. I couldn't read. I couldn't read books. I couldn't write. I couldn't focus. So I was turning all of my attention towards social media. And then I would go on social media and see the news and things. And I, and it was hard for me with so much going on in the world to be able to feel comfortable, you know, with posting. And I was getting uh, overwhelmed by social media because, you know, I, I felt obligated to um, be helpful and be useful and, and put out valuable information and so I was focusing one one anxiety towards another unhealthy anxiety so the two the two weren't it wasn't a good coping mechanism you need a balance with social media right you can't just spend all day on social media which I was I was just like everything was going into the one thing and then the two just compounded and kind of exploded and then I was just like super both anxieties and he he alluded to the same exact things like he was he was speaking what was in my head about 
you know, taking his anxiety and turning it, he, his thing was Twitter. He was into Twitter and he was spending all this time on Twitter and him and his girlfriend in, she was talking to him. It was so reminiscent of us talking and girlfriend at the time, I believe he's married now, but it was so reminiscent of us talking. And, and so I was like, I need this, I need this book. And so that's where that came in. But, you know, once I stopped, once I like calmed down and and took a breath and got off of my phone and started, we started seeing the therapist. Well, I started seeing the therapist and then you joined as a, as my moral support. Um, I'm your big lap dog. You are your golden retriever. I call her my golden retriever. Uh, she's the happy little waggy tail that's excited to see you and will probably lick your face. No, she doesn't lick my face. No, that would be gross. Um, and, uh, so I started feeling better a little bit. Sorry. I was just going to say the reason that Matt's book spoke to you was because it wasn't a therapy book. Right. Yeah. It was anecdotal. He was sharing stories about how he was processing things and how he got through something. Yeah. It's not self-help. I don't like self-help books. I, I don't judge them or anyone else that reads it just doesn't help. speak. To it you. just doesn't speak to me. It feels like it's just a bunch of psychological babble, and um, you know, I, I can't do just strictly motivational quotes. Although I do like positive quotes, and I do like quotes, um, you know, I and I also have like there. I, and I'm not going to get into this, but I have so much trauma. I feel that uh, I find it hard to relate to those books because they don't speak to me. Right. So Um, they're not relatable to my life and my growing up experiences. You know, I, I'm one of those people that sees happy families and gets really sad because I didn't experience any of that. Like, so, you know, I, and of course I'm going to write about this in my book extensively. So I'm not going to like deep dive into it. It would be too much of a, probably a trigger warning for some people as well. So yeah, I'm not going to get too far into it, but uh, yeah, just, I, I like to read um, about real people and their experiences rather than um, way, the way a psychiatrist or psychologist perceives those experiences. Right. I do feel that therapy is valuable because I do think it is good to speak to someone that's a third party that doesn't know you and is like giving you an outside perspective. And our our therapist is very young. Yeah, she's so young. She's saying R, but it's mine. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just like. She is because she's going to give me tools to help you. She is. She's she's helping you help me because you have the tendency to get angry at the experiences that I've had in my life and you're mad at certain yes certain things that have happened to me and um, I want to do you want to stab 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 so not really not really metaphorically yes Uh, to quote my t-shirt I you know I will do great and terrible things for the one I love but obviously I won't actually do those things that's where but, the horror that's why my love of horror comes in because yeah. it's cathartic for me and but, although you getting angry at the things that I've been through doesn't upset me because <laughs> that's you know support that's love that means you care about me uh, yeah. um you want to be able to better talk to me talk me through exactly. it rather than just experience getting pain and getting angry on my behalf yes <laughs> you know um you want to be able to 
that's not what I'm supposed to do. But at the same time, it's very hard for me not to become upset about it because you love me. Yes. And it's the, like I, I said, it's the first time in my life I've ever felt this. It's, it's a different thing to process unconditional love. And, you know, I, I was like, how can you love me this much with all of this stuff? You know, this, this stuff that I feel like I've gone through and you're like, well, how can you love me with all this stuff that I've gone through? Like we love each other and we we're on a mental, not a mental health. Like we're on a, what am I trying to say? We're we're working on ourselves. Yeah. You know, and as it should be. And the, the, the thing of it is, is again, not to go into too much detail, but no one has ever been able to help you process any of this. This is the first time someone has ever actually been number one, a listener. And then number two, actually give a shit, you know, and care Mm -hmm. for you. So, so all of this is, it's, it's a lot. And you, you haven't, you didn't deal with it for 38 years. Yeah. And it's upsetting. It's like, how does one person care about me this much when other people should care about me even a little bit healing journey we're on our healing journey yes. together because you know you have your grief and I have my trauma and I have grief too I'm grieving over a lost childhood a lost life like I didn't have a 38 happy years I I gave the perception um you know at the coffee shop I and I I let you in I let you I let you know you know I I didn't sugarcoat anything. No, no. And I appreciate that you were, and, and if this is, you know, if this is something that you can deal with, then okay, let's, you know, let's, let's try to make this happen. Yeah. You know, as a mistreated kid, I kind of grew up to keep getting mistreated. You know, I'm very passive in real life. I'm very introverted. I'm very shy. And I kind of like let people walk all over me which is something that I'm working on boundaries and not letting people do that. It only took me, I'm 42 now that long, but you know, with the coffee shop, it wasn't the most pleasant experience. It was supposed to be my dream, but you know, I had some, again, external factors that were trying to, you know, I had to battle for that success against all of this adversity. It wasn't easy. It was a a daily struggle of, and smoke and mirrors really, mm-hmm. you know, you can't let your customers know that you're struggling or, you know, that you're dealing with, like, I had, you know, a landlord that threatened to take the bit, the shop away every day if I didn't do exactly as he asked. So it was, and amongst other things, which again, he was a big bully and we'll, right. we'll get more into that too. And right. he kind of helped me out of that situation. Too. And that was very hard for me because I wasn't physically there. And so I would have to check on you all the time, you know, like, how are you doing? Like you would never eat. So I would send you care packages. And when I found out that he had opened up your care package, I was furious. I'm like, why is he opening your mail? It literally is addressed to you. It, you know, it says, you know, heart sleeves, coffee, you know, attention, brandy. And, and, and it was a box, you know? Um, and so I would have to work again, really hard at not getting very upset and, you know, want to go yell and make your life work. Cause I knew if I did the things that I wanted to do, like you said, you, it would make it worse. So, you know, I would check in and I would be like, how are you doing today? How's everything going? And then we kind of had like coded language. Cause like you, you know, we wanted to make sure that 
I didn't upset you when you were at work, you know, so I was like, how are things going? How are you doing? You know, how, how has your day gone? So we kind of, we were able to like talk about it without talking about it, you know? Yeah. You right off the bat, we had a solid foundation. Like we were just, we've always been solid and easy, just so easy. It's the easiest thing that's ever, ever happened to me in my life is the two of us being together. Like, like we were meant for this time to come. I know that you were needed first by someone else, but I don't feel like a second choice. Like I feel like we were met. You were just needed in life. You're just very needed. And, and, um, it was just such an easy thing for us to do. And, you know, um, I'd never felt so supported and, you know, you'd ask me if I'd eaten, you'd make sure that I'd eaten just from miles and miles away. And all of the things that, that a person that, cares should do you did and you're good for my mental health because of our compatibility you didn't know at the time but I need a lot of reassurance and um I never had to play games with you we never played we never played games there was never I you reassured me without having to reassure me like you're just that's what you do you text and you're like if you're on your way I'm on my way this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. Like on the daily, you, you messaged me every morning. You sent me videos. There was no questions. When I was unavailable, I let you know I was unavailable. So I, I would check my schedule. I would get to work in the morning and I would look at my schedule and like, okay, I have from eight to 10, I'm actually, I'm at my desk, but from, you know, 10 to 11, I'm in a meeting. And so, and I would literally let you know, I'd be like, Hey, I'm available. I'm available literally from this time to this time. Um, then I'm going to be in a meeting. I'm going to have my phone off. So, you know, I I'll, I'll check in with you either beforehand or afterwards, you know, it, cause again, I, I knew that you wouldn't always be able to, to respond to my messages because like, again, I knew you would be, you, were, you would be working and that you would be busy. And so again, we just made it work. We let each other know when we were available. It wasn't like, um, I'm just going to pretend to be available. It, it was never like that. And then sometimes, um, I think it got to a point, I think maybe like about a month later, um, I remember like, I, I just hated having to leave on the weekends. I hated it. Me too. And I, I remember I called you, I think I called you at like 11 o'clock on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something like that. And I was walking from one, I was getting ready to go to another meeting in another building. And I literally was just like, I just need to hear your voice. And I was just like, I called you and I was like, please pick up, please pick up, please pick up, please pick up. Because again, we normally, we didn't actually talk. We would just text throughout the day mm-hmm. and you, you actually picked up and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I just needed to hear your voice today. And I just remember just like, that was the last day. I was like, that's it. Uh, you were sad. Like you wanted to hear my voice. You didn't like being apart. I got on the train mm-hmm. and I just never, I just never went back. We just went and got myself and that was it. Yeah. And we closed the coffee shop and you know, went on to our happily ever after. And so uh, the moral of the story is <laughs> <laughs> you need to find the ones that do support you in yes. life. Uh, the ones that don't support you, those aren't really your people. Yeah. Um, I know it's not easy. Without her, I would have zero people, I feel. So, you know, maybe a, maybe a few. I can't... <sighs> As much as I want to, uh, you know, I, I appreciate 
you know, the connections that I've made on, on the internet, but you need your in real life, like support as well. Um, so if, and so this is, this is a thing I think that we struggle with too, is it's hard to, it's hard for us to comprehend and process why, why people are so unsupportive and jealous or just unkind or don't support your endeavors or your, your small business. Um, because we don't think that way. Right. We're like, you want to do that? Go for it. Do it. Like, can we help you? We will never naysay. No, I don't. We have a hard time understanding why people naysay because it's not something that we would do. We don't even offer, we're not ones that offer our opinion or our advice either, unless you ask for it. Like, all I want to do is improve other people's lives and, and pursue your dreams. And people are like, they're like, I can't they'll do that too. I can't do it. And you're like, why? I just, I can't, I don't have the money. And you're like, there's resources. You know, if you really want to do something like you won't have, you'll do it. You'll make it happen. And if you're listening to your, your family and they're telling you that you can't, and then you, they stomp on your dreams. Do you really want to, you know, just live life unhappy for other people? Like I did that for a long time. I lived life unhappy for other people and it still didn't make them happy. Right. You know, I, I did the cushy thing. Like I put myself through college. I did everything I could to try to make my family proud of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I put myself through college. My majors weren't good. I paid for college myself. I you got, didn't ask for I graduated from anybody. Yeah, I graduated summa cum laude. Not good enough. Yeah. I got a corporate job. I made over six figures a year, not good enough until I stopped doing it. Right. And they're like, why would you quit such a cush job? Why would you do that? Why would you work to do that? And then, you know, go open a coffee shop. Well, I've always wanted a coffee shop. I didn't always want to work a corporate job, but no matter what I do, it's not good enough anyways. So it doesn't really matter. Right. So just do what makes you happy. Right. Right. More of us. And as I've really enjoyed our time together. And I feel like I've wasted a lot of time with you. It's, it's not about that. It's just that, again, you've never been able, it's, you have to think about, you had so, you had 30, that's, this keeps going back to the, you have the rug and that rug has a ginormous mound and, you know, you kind of walked around the big mound and now we're actually lifting up the rug and we're like actually dusting that big pile. Right. So it's going to, exactly. Just, it's a messy bug, (laughs) but the same thing like applies with, um, like I'll just use this example, like weight gain, right. When people, you know, when we experience weight gain, it takes time to take it off, but it also took time to add it on, you know, and we all want it 30 days later, you know, we we put 30 days worth of work and we're like, yeah. And we want to lose 10 pounds in 30 days. Okay. Well, that's not realistic, right? Right. You have to be realistic about it. It takes work. Anything that actually means a shit takes work, losing weight, eating right, setting new habits, you know, getting, getting your mind clear of clutter. It takes work. And especially like when you do try to reorganize, I always say this, it always gets worse before it gets better. So like, if you're going to attack a closet, I'm going to organize that closet. We have to take everything out. 
And when you take everything out, you see that ginormous pile and you're like, shit, how did I let it get so bad? Yeah. Right. So again, everything takes time. It took time for that closet to get cluttered, right? Like, so what we're doing right now is we are, like I said, we're, yeah, we're lifting that rug. We're, you know, addressing all those little pieces of dust and then it's going to go into a dustbin and then it's going to go into the trash can. Like, it's just, it's a process. Like, and for me, I have to use analogies to like help myself understand what it is I am doing or what it is we are doing. And this goes back to like the, the support. I wanted to be a DJ when I was a kid. I wanted to be a writer when I was a kid. And my family was like, absolutely not. You're going to get a real job. You're going to do something real. So again, this goes back to not being supported or in my family, the arts was just something you did as a hobby. It was not something that you actually tried to make a career doing, you know, that's just how I grew up. That was the environment. It's also very different now. Millennials, Gen Z, and, and people don't, the problem is they've learned the younger generation have learned from us. Right. I waited they 30 have. years it's to do something that's, the, that's bringing me joy. Oh, it's completely changed a lot. Uh, this new generation has totally made art a career and it's all about art. Like, you know, the social media is changing to be for creators, you know, sell your art, do Etsy. Like it's, it's so much, I feel like it's so much more encouraging for the arts now. And like, we need art, we need music programs um, I feel like people as a general whole, not everyone, obviously, because there's still a lot of kind people out there, are cynical and snarky, and they're just very negative, and there's, you know, a toxic positivity is trending, um, whereas, like, you know, positivity is is not toxic, per se. If you're, if you're like, saying things like, um, you know, it's not that bad to someone when you don't really know them, like that's, you know, toxic or just giving people something that's, you know, cliche because there is toxic positivity, but there's also positivity. And I feel like we need more positivity because, um, you know, the, the fuck it attitude is getting more, um, it seems like it's prevailing over, over kindness. So one of the things that we did when being offline um, well, offline for me, you're still kind of on there a little, is what we watch something, somebody feed Phil and somebody feed Phil is like my new, one of my new favorite shows. And Phil Rosenthal is one of my favorite new humans. Yes. And if you need to feel good, if you need something that's going to make you smile and make you see the, the good that there is in humanity, you need to watch that show. Because it is a food show. So, of course, we became total foodies while we were watching it. We wanted to eat and cook everything that we were seeing. And we were doing a really and good we job. Wanted, we wanted to go through every country with him, basically. Yes. Um, but the way that it's done, it's so funny and so clever. And, you know, I could never do what he does because he's such an extrovert and he's oh. such a people person. Like, he hugs everybody. Um, but it just made me I needed more we watched all, all five, five seasons. seasons and I'm like what no I know I it to be over yeah like it made me sad when it was over I'm like I need more we need more fill yeah I need an IV drip of fill um but it was it was just it's just a good-hearted show and, and we've been trying to watch 
more shows like that we've been focusing on. So I literally had to do what I called my rainbows and unicorns at bedtime to help me feel good because I knew I was just, you know, getting ready. Like it literally was another day of hell that I had just survived. And, you know, I was getting ready to go to bed and I knew that I would have another day of hell, you know, in the morning. And I didn't know when that hell would stop. And you just kind of have to go through that process. That's, you know, that's the the downside of grief. Like you just don't know when it's going to be over. And, but I could make myself feel better by watching kitty cats knocking over shit, um, kitty cats being cute and adorable, bouncing around, looking at the nailed it, you know, like the pictures, like the stills of like nailed it. That is what gave me, you know, like not, not faith in humanity, but it it was catanity. Cat, uh, faith, faith, and cat, and felanity, Felan- feline, 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 felanity, felanity, like philanthropy, like yeah. with cats, with cats. But so again, it's it's about finding the tools to help you feel better, you know, with coping mechanisms that you didn't know that you would need, right. you know. And so, yes, finding the show, the Phil show, the Phil shows was freaking brilliant. Yeah, uh, even when like I couldn't really focus on reading adding just adding books to my library was <laughs> cathartic I'm like I'm gonna read that book when I can I'm gonna read that book and I'm gonna listen to audiobooks because I can do that but now I've gotten to the point where I'm reading again but um yeah for a little bit my eyes just my brain couldn't concentrate because it was it was so, busy. so full it was yeah. so busy and I'm already starting to get my coping mechanisms which is you know waking up with you um my my uh crossword lately uh my crossword puzzles instead have been playing games on my phone um and then we eat breakfast and we've been watching binge watching some happy funny television um you've been cooking some awesome food and, yeah. and wanting and that's what I love is I love your food it makes me very and happy cooking, hopefully baking soon as well and then I'm easing back into reading and writing so um, cause I'd really like to start working on our book again, because that makes me happy and, and keeping those memories fresh in my head has, you know, so, sometimes that's what puts me to sleep at night is thinking about our memories together and meeting you, which is the, the basis of my book. So, you know, trying to write, you know, poetry and then also write the novel as well. And so writing and, you know, um, I came up with a, an alternate world for myself to put all the stuff that's bothering me into, like a a record journal, basically. And then, um, just yeah, just the way that things have been going, it's like spending a lot more time together in the real world um, because that's what makes me happy with our little family, our little maid family, with the dog and the cat and and you and the you know, cooking breakfast, focusing on what are we going to eat for lunch? What do you want for dinner? Yeah. You know, like as we were getting ourselves, our coffee ready this morning, it was, okay, do I need to take something out of the freezer? What are we, what are we having for dinner tonight? Well, I think part of it too, was I had put so much pressure on myself because we retired early. And when I went from coffee shop, I just didn't know what my purpose was anymore. I didn't know what to do with myself. So I started trying to think that my purpose was, you know, to be on social media and things. And I, 
I put a lot of pressure on myself that it was unnecessary instead of letting myself just enjoy not having to work and to be able to live in the real world with you and have all this free time to do things that made me happy creatively. And I, I was putting all my attention because I felt like I still needed to work. You felt like I couldn't turn it off. I needed to do something. I needed to work. And then once I stopped trying, like trying to work so hard, I'm like, my brain's, you know, you're constantly thinking when you have free time. So, you know, I, I don't have, I realized like, if I finally like had this epiphany and I was like, I don't have to put so much pressure on myself. And what you experienced about like freshly retiring, especially since you had worked for so many years, you know, you are self-made. You, you did everything on your own without anybody else's assistance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that is the true definition of self-made. You didn't have money from investors. You didn't take, you, you did everything on your own. You used your own money to, to build the, the coffee shop. Right. So, um, but one of the biggest issues, one of the hardest things for people who have work ethic like us is when you stop working what do you focus on? What do you do? That's like, that is, that has been like the biggest fear for so many people in retirement because they think, oh my God, I'm retired. Like, let's just pick a cop, for example, Um, a police officer who's worked 20 some years, you know, doing their job. And now they don't get to be a cop anymore. They literally wake up and they're like, just like you said, what is my purpose? I don't have a purpose anymore. I don't know what to do with myself. And one of the issues is we are not human doings. And this is not my saying we are not human doings. We are human beings. And we have right. to figure out what is, what does it mean to be me? How do I be me? What does that mean when I'm not this thing anymore, which is, well, pick me. I'm not a technical writer anymore. Okay. So what am I now? Who am I now? What do I do? You know, now I have the podcast, so I actually do have, exactly, which is this, this is something that I've always wanted to do, you know, talk with people into a microphone and and share stories, like, that's why I got a a master's in literature, is because I believe we're connected through stories, this is how we are empathetic, this is how we learn from others, this is why the self-help books don't work for you, because they're not anecdotal, right, you need stories, you need to hear somebody else's story about how they got through something, right, and, and that's kind of like when I was telling you about um, when I was in my suck and I was watching rock and roll documentaries like that for some reason helped me. I don't know why. It's good that I, you. It, it, yeah. it was because I think it was because it literally took my mind out of my mind yeah. and I got to focus on something well, else. And music helps a lot too. Yeah. Music does help a lot. Like I have music for every phase of mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And I, I think that working since I was 15 and then when I had the coffee shop every single day with no breaks, um, it's just, you know, you go from working every single day to not. And so I was putting a pressure on myself. I'm like, to, but I, I tend to get ahead of myself as you know. And so, you know, I jumped all the way to publishing with my book instead of writing it first and, and put up, got, you know, started freaking myself out on book tours on the uh, book that you yeah, haven't written yet yeah, and, and all the things that you have to do to market yourself and I was like ah and I realized like I'm not a professional writer like I'm not writing this book for publicity or, or fame I'm writing it 
for myself. I'm not, it's not a, it's not a job of that I have to do. Like it's something that I want to do. I want to share our story. I think it's a really important. I, I hope that it will inspire others because I think it is a really important story. And that we've talked about this before when we met each other, like neither one of us asked each other what our sexual orientation was. It's never been the main part of our identity, um, though ten, people tend to make it part of our identity. We're just normal humans. We get up, we do the same thing. We read books, we write, we have conversations. So I, I really just wanted to, wanted to write a human story, a human love story. And we have a really good one. I never thought I would meet someone that I was going to end up writing a rom-com about. Uh, and it's just it's so, it's just always been so perfect. And I wanted to, from the very beginning of us, I'm like, I'm going to write about us someday. And, you know, you know that I have other stories that are sitting on the back burners just because I want our story to be first, but I'm usually a fiction writer. I write, I write fiction. So writing a nonfiction, but I am writing it as a reality-based fiction because I do have to change some things, um, some names and some locations just but it, it is based it mostly, you know, it's, it's our story. So, but it's not work. I keep putting all this work on myself. I keep trying to make work for myself. And I, I think it's just taking me a while to snap out of it and be like, you don't have to work. You can just, you can just sit and watch TV. You mm-hmm. can just write and read mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, enjoy life. Yes. Yes. I'm like stressing myself out for no reason and bringing my, you know, and you're, you want me to write about my life story as well. I mean, yes, not as your sole focus, but because I think your story, and I, I don't mean this, it, it's, 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 I, I don't want to use this in a, in a, in a negative light, but it's beautifully tragic. And what I mean by that, the, you have overcome so much adversity. You had so many obstacles in your way, so much negativity, so much sadness, pain, suffering, heartbreak, that it, it, it didn't break you. And you were able, and this is why I always say you're the bravest person I know, because when you get to that point, you change the narrative. You are like, I don't like this anymore. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And so you would change it. And so that went back to, you know, because of all of the crap that happened during your childhood, because of all of these experiences that you went through and you are, you know, you're, you're trying to face that pile under the rug and that's not easy. That is not easy at all. But we're doing it together. You are with someone who supports you, right. somebody who's, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, lift up the rug. We're going to shine some light on it. And then we're going to turn the flashlight off. We're going to put the rug back down. Like that's, that's the process. It's literally not to put a floodlight on that whole thing at one. You can't do that. That's 38 years worth of crap. We can't fix it in, you know, again, 30 days. Like it's, it doesn't work that way, but whatever we can do to help you feel better because I just want you to feel better. But I also think it's very important to tell your tale because your story is, it's like, I refer to like my super survivor. You are a super survivor. 
you went through so much hell, so many obstacles, so much sadness, like I said, sadness, pain, suffering, you know, trauma. And yet here you are. And this is what I always tell you, your big golden heart, you have the biggest heart and you still have, you know, so much that you want to give. You aren't so jaded that you're like, an ugly black hearted person where like, I don't give a shit about anyone or anything, or, you know, I'm just, I, I'm just going to hate everything. You aren't that person. It's not in you. You don't have that in you to be that person. And I keep saying, I'm, you know, I'm proud of you for, for, for doing what you're doing and taking, finally taking care of you. Yeah. That's the hard part too, is actually taking care of me and not trying to just you know, help everybody else. And, you know, I, I just want to, I've been wanting to be there for everybody else, but being an empath, like it's just really taking its toll on me, but I really want this book to, you know, help if I can help by writing my story, my own personal story of my life, then I'm willing to do that. Um, you know, as long as I, I feel like people can get something out of it. <laughs> I did try to to be really strong and brave and literally face my demons by going to the places that, that hurt me and broke me thinking these are just places that they can't hurt me now. They're places and realizing that that was not probably not my best idea to go to the places that hurt me because it's what, it's what's brought all of this back out again and all these feelings and all these thoughts but if I can write that down and put it into something productive, then maybe it'll be worth it for attempting that. What I love is that you were hopeful and optimistic. You, you didn't naysay. You, you, you tried it. You, you, you were like, and I always use the example about, you know, life is a menu. So you order something from it and you're like, I really like this. I'm going to keep eating this. I'm going to keep ordering this. And then you try something. And you don't like it and it doesn't taste good and it's bitter, gross, yucky. And you don't, you, and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm never going to order that again. I don't like that. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me feel good. It's not an ice cream sundae. You know, it doesn't have all of the deliciousness on it. So it's like, okay, well, then the, the flip side of that is what if you never tried it and then you're racked with guilt and you're like, gosh, what if, and the one thing, me, I believe, this is my personal philosophy, the one thing I don't ever want to do is think to myself, gosh, what if I, you know, did do this and it, did, it went a different way or, um, I mean, cause anybody can, what if themselves to death, anybody can do that. Mm -hmm. And that's because hindsight being 2020, right? So, right. and this goes back to the conversation that we had the other night. I'm like, babe, you made the decisions in your life based off of the information and knowledge that you had at that time. So your 32 year old self made these decisions because you were 32. These were, you know, this, this was your life at 32. Okay. Your life at 42 is very different. There's 10 years of experience between those two timeframes. So what you would do at 42 versus what you did at 32 are going to be very different decisions. But that's because you have the luxury of looking back and going, oh, hey, right? Yeah. But you don't have that until you actually experience that. We were talking about how, you know, uh, 
I've always had responsibilities. Like I had to grow up very young. I bought my first house when I was 20. Um, so I've always had responsibilities. I've always had, uh, you know, had to go to work, get up in the morning. I couldn't just be sad and sit in my room and cry or I, you know, and then I got two cats and, you know, I had, I had little mouths to feed and I had responsibilities there. I had to take care of those guys. And, you know, Onyx is here 20, almost 23 years later. Um, so, you know, I've always had responsibilities and then stopping and not having responsibilities. I mean, I still have responsibilities. It's just it's not just, the same. They're it's, different. It's not as adulting as it was. You're the adult in our relationship, I feel. Some, well, um, it's, uh, what's nice is we get to hand off yeah. the child, the childhood right. joys. Um, but you've had your own, I think what makes us well, like also work so well together and be such a good team is because we can understand each other. Like you've been through a lot of trauma yourself. You've been through grief. Uh, you've, you've had, uh, you've been through a lot in the last few years mm-hmm. with, you know, taking care of someone who was sick for two years, uh, well, t- together 10 and then taking care of her for two years, the last two the last years. Two years. Mm-hmm. And then like that loss. But what I have to remind myself, and this is again, where the tools come in, in hindsight, it wasn't all bad. Right. Right. No. And that's what I tell you to focus on. Exactly. The good parts. Kind of like my mom. Parts. I'm trying not to cry. Same thing with your mom. And so there's been a lot of loss there and my brain, I'm here for you and you're here for me. You know, we both have our things. We both, we, we trade off weeks. It seems, you know, I have a bad week and you're there and you're good and you take care of me and you have a bad week and I'm there and I'm good. And I know I need to not be in my, my state when I'm there to take care of you when you're in yours, you know, just like your birthday. I was just going to say that. I was like, you made my birthday so sweet and we it wasn't there wasn't much to it right there was it was simple things it was just keeping you occupied keeping you with your beefcake my beef cakes your beefcake movies my beef burgers your beef burgers and my donut cakes yeah Yeah. you know it's simple things that make us happy because we value our time together and those simple things because of all that we've been through yes and, you know, we, we do, you know, live on a budget because we want to be able to just be here yeah. together. And so we don't have to go back to the corporate to, world yes. that we both, you know, yes. I don't want to say suffered through, but, you know, yeah. again, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's very different, you know, living now live and literally living. And that was one of the hardest things too, for me was going through what I went through and then coming back, going back to work you know, going back to work, it's like, okay, well, you know, and it's kind of like, I'll use this example, um, because this is what a lot of people talk about. I I didn't experience, I'm sorry, it's all good. It's I'm good. I'm good. I love you too. Um, so people who have survived cancer and, and this is the, the link. So the difference between the doctors, so the doctor is focused on killing the cancer. Mm -hmm. And this is what isn't really focused on what happens after you survive it. Cause the, the, and, and, that, and that's okay. The oncologist, his specialty, their specialty specialty is to focus on killing the cancer. That's their job. Then you're like, okay, now you've survived this. 
now what? And we are at the now what? I survived my stuff and I'm still learning how to process the sadness, process the grief. And then like you were saying, like, and sometimes what's crazy about grief is you don't even know when you're going to get hit. You don't even know. Triggers. But you don't, sometimes you You don't don't even know. know. You don't even know. You don't even. Yeah. Cause sometimes you're like, why are you sad? And I'm like, I don't know. Why are you sad? I don't know. Right. But we'll figure it out. Eventually. Eventually Eventually we get to that point. Got to drill down. You do. You have to. Okay. And I always use the term like the root. What is the root of this? Why is this happening right now? Yeah. So, you know, I mean. We are watch. We've been watching somebody feel like you know. We both have a hard time with happy, happy families. Um, obviously, like they're in a completely different place than we are because they're just like rich celebrities. So we can't even compare. When you do have a happy family and you come from that kind of upbringing, it's kind of like a push. It's kind of like you're you're climbing over a fence and someone's giving you a boost. Mm-hmm. For me, I had to stack up all my toys and climb over, and that's a literal expression. And that's literal. That's literal. That I used to, literally happened. Yes, in your childhood, I used to climb. I used to stack my books and climb over the fence in the backyard and run away. I was four, maybe <laughs> younger. I was in diapers, so I probably was younger than four. Three. That would be like three. Um, yeah. I don't know where I was going. I just knew I was going somewhere and probably the ice cream man because they have the creamy goodness. But, but no, when you do have a happy childhood, there's someone there to give you a boost. I never had anyone there to give me a boost. I was always climbing on my own, um, you know, trying to get across the monkey bars, trying to pushing my, you know, using my little legs to swing um, because there's no one there to give me a push. But that's like great analogy for life. Right. You either have someone give you their, give you a push or you don't, but so you got to push yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I always talk about. There's two paths you can go down when you, when you've had a, a difficult childhood or, or trauma or your trauma survivor, or whatever it is that you've been through in life, whether you're a child or an adult, there are two paths you can choose. You can either choose to stay a victim and be as well as me and go down the wrong path, or you can say, that's not the path that I want and build your own path. Mm -hmm. I guess there's three because there, you can have the wrong path, the right path and the path you build yourself. Yeah. And I, I don't like to say like wrong path, like not everyone is capable of. And so this goes back to, you know, the grit gene. I talk about this, like you have the grit gene. You didn't even know it. You just, and and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just ingrained in you. You knew you didn't want to live this way anymore. And so you changed the narrative. You, you know, made that conscious effort to, to, to correct things, to, to change it. And again, it didn't work that way. So, okay, I'm going to change it again. And that's, that is the resilience. That is the perseverance. Like you just, some people don't have that capability. They, you know, they want to bury themselves in alcohol or drugs or, you know, the, the, the things that are, you know, they can be very unhealthy and dangerous. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, we aren't like that. And everybody who knows me knows that I have never turned to alcohol. 
even I, I could have, I very easily could have, I could have buried myself in a bottle with all my sadness. I could have very easily, um, you know, sat and eaten 10 pizzas in an evening, you know, and then, mm-hmm. right. We just don't, those behaviors, that's the word I was looking for. Those behaviors just aren't in us. It's, it's not innate. So, you know, everybody's path is different and this just happens to be our path. And then these are the things that we have chosen to focus on. So again, our tools, what are, what are the tools that you use? Yeah. You know, what is, what are those self-soothing things that you, you seek? I, I, I definitely understand um, people wanting to check out because life is hard and maybe they don't have the means necessary or every, and everyone's brains built different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people are, are, I, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to change my narrative because even though I'm a pa- I was a passive kid, I was fairly quiet. I insisted on, you know, there was, there were certain situations that a kid can't really get themselves out of. Um, so I, I, I just, I, had I had to stay in the situation that I was in, I'd probably be a completely different person. I don't know if I would be the person, but because I did stand, eventually break and stand up for myself Mm -hmm. and then stand up for myself and then stand up for myself. Mm -hmm. I kept getting myself out of these negative situations. You know, um, I ended up being adopted by my grandparents at 12, 13 uh, got braces, got my jaw surgery at 18 was, you know, healing for a year, bought the house at 20, like it. And whenever I've had a job, you know, if I don't like it, it gets to my breaking point and I change it. Right. So not everyone has that, that capability. Not, not, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. No, it's, we'll tend to want to stay where it's safe. Change is hard. Yeah. It's work. Um, You actually have to, again, this goes back to lifting up the rug, shining the flashlight on that, like whatever that, and I just use that as an analogy. It's not easy to do the work. Yeah. I think my age group was the, probably the first to, to adapt to change where we're like, um, the the only, Oh, the only thing constant is change Mm -hmm. became like the motto of like my generation. So I think, um, change just became like an adaptable thing you know, and, and you change to your environment and who you're speaking to and just different things like that. But I, I think everyone has the capabilities to get themselves out if they don't like a situation that they're in, no matter how desperate it seems, because I know I've been there, no matter how dark and how desperate it seems, you can overcome it and you can get yourself out of that situation you may feel like you can't, but you can, you've got the power and it takes, it's, it's always taken me a while through everything I've been through to find my power. And, you know, people that are in, you know, abusive situations, which I've dealt with, uh, for myself, you know, you think that you're stuck, but it's up to you to get yourself unstuck, no matter like what that takes, um, to make yourself happy because this is your life. You only get one shot at it. So you got to make the best of it short. So to quote Eminem, to quote Eminem, <laughs> is that what he you says? Get one shot, one opportunity. 
<laughs> which is the song that I used to play every day on my way to grad school because this was my one shot. This was my one opportunity. Do you let it slip away? Do you, you know, that, so to quote Eminem, but uh, no, it, 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 but it's true. Oh, I'm Slim Shady. Yes, I'm the real Shady. <laughs> I'm Slim Brandy. Yes, I'm the real Brandy. Yes. Yeah, that's me. That's you. Like you said, the hardest part is realizing that you do have the power. Like that is, you know, we all have a superpower. We all have a superpower. The trick is finding out what our superpower is. Right. And when you realize what your superpower is, that's when you become unstoppable. Definitely. And we all, we all have that innate superpower. And if you don't have anyone in, cause I, I spent a lot of time alone, um, especially when I had the coffee shop, like I didn't really have anybody to talk to. I've never had anyone in my life to talk to about serious things until you came along and then your mom your mom and I talked yes. for hours and hours and hours because definitely she's bonded. I think I'm her mini me <laughs> um we definitely bonded and she got me uh and if you if you can't find that support system because you know I didn't have a lot of support um you know just find one person, if you can just get one person or, you know, uh, a therapist, or I know that can be costly too, because we're, we're on a budget. So we get that, but just at least one person that is your person to, to talk to, whether it's a friend or, um, a, you know, there are, there are groups out there like it, you know, uh, so if you're an introvert like me, you don't necessarily want to be in a group unless, no, but you can do it online. Like like there are online groups there. Again, if you find your people, you find your tribe, you know, I think that is one thing that could be good for social media is just, you know, you have a non basically anonymous, even though you might know what people look like people to talk to. Um, of course you, you don't want to, it needs to be reciprocal, right? You know, you don't want to have trauma. So I learned a term trauma bonding and trauma bonding is actually, cause I, I was like, Oh, I was like, babe and I are trauma bond. Like we have a trauma bond. <laughs> and then I started looking <laughs> into it and that's actually a bad thing. So <laughs> we're not, so we are bonding. not trauma bonding. We, have, we, we are we'll connected through trauma yeah well our, we're also older our brains work differently we've been through a lot so we understand a lot right we're not really trauma bonding where no. we're because uh, trauma bonding can be very unhealthy so that would be so i'll give an example of trauma bonding so someone who let's say has been in an abusive relationship um bonds with someone who helps them but they don't they they keep them so it's kind of like um what is it munchausen like the moms that keep their children sick right Munchausen Mm -hmm. by proxy yeah so trauma bonding is 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 an unhealthy relationship no you should want each other to grow exactly so so we are connected so that's why I try to I'm like we are not trauma bonding we're We're not that's why I say that we're on a um healing journey yes because we are we're helping each other work towards a happier future yes in our retirement home yes <laughs> shady grow shady grow um that's the where the goal is shady the grow. goal is to to be happy and healthier and fulfilled and grow and not not stay in the the sad places we have more happier places and I feel I feel like we've come a long way because 
when we were first together, obviously, like you had to go through boxes and things. Um, and it was very and hard. We sold the house. It was very hard. And I had to really step up and love you harder when you are going through that. And I feel like you've come a long way. Um, it'll never be something that you just completely like forget or overcome no. your past. Yeah. But healing, like even in baby steps over time, you know, it gets to be, you do start to focus on the happier memory memories more than the sad ones. And I think that's just time. And in the four years we've been together, I feel like you've really come a long way with that. And I feel like we just keep growing and learning and we learn how to communicate better and better all the time too, because we, we are very, very similar. We, have, we think a lot of the same things. We say the th- same things at the same time. We're weird like that but we're also different because you're, you, you're, I'm sensitive and my initial reaction is to cry and your initial reaction to things is to get angry and not at each other. No, but, um, we we're able to communicate better. I, you know, I can usually bring you out of your, your angry, whatever's caused that. And you can bring me out of my sadness. And we just, we've just like been able to really communicate and understand each other really well. And that's just a part of being older and then growing together and, you know, needs and, but it also really goes back to caring. I want you, I always say, what can I do to help you feel better? Yes. And, you know, same thing like with me, how you always, how can I help you feel better? Yes. And, you know, like my birthday and mother's day, we like, we both know that those are like really hard. Right. And, but I also know that mother's day is really hard for you too. So, but we're so focused on like my pain and sadness, especially because they're back to back, like my birthday. And then literally a a week later. So I'm still trying to recover from my birthday sadness, you know, and I'm doing my best to, you know, try to be there for you. Right. But, and so, and I feel bad because our anniversary was sandwiched right after that but we were so focused on again my birthday and my my sadness from mother's day um so next year of course will be our five-year anniversary so that will be a nice big anniversary or you know i think five is a is a is a good milestone um and so the first two years right but like the first two years like post grief Right. is very hard like yeah. once you can get the, the, the first the first of course is the worst yeah. but the second usually is you know I, it still sucks but by the third it's kind of so I, I feel like next year and we're also going to be in some place different we're not going to be here this is going to be a very different it's going to be a very different environment and so I think next year will be very different for both of us for mm-hmm. different reasons you know again because we are making a conscious effort to change the narrative yes you know and that's the key that's the key we've been golden boxing states yes the state's too hot the state's too cold the state's just Just right right. yes yeah yeah i think that our guide to success is coffee (laughs) (laughs) it's coffee is yes is our literal love language yeah um life love and the pursuit of coffee yeah the uh the love languages are you know make me coffee buy me coffee let's go out for coffee yeah drink the coffee <laughs> drink coffee together yes um yeah everyone can live by that that code of coffee mm-hmm. if you don't drink coffee um tea tea tea's 
Coca-Cola, whatever, what again, whatever, whatever brings you joy, whatever, 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 whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Whatever you do for your self-care, you know, you do need things for self-care. I was neglecting my self-care. I was too busy asking what everyone else was doing for self-care and forgot to do my own yeah. self-care. And so I'm so, very proud of you for focusing on you now. And, and you, yes, focus on you. And yes. I'm proud of you for the podcast. Thank all you. these amazing guests and authors that you've been having on it's pretty exciting it's it, I it's really cool because I feel like I've I've grown I f- I feel like I've grown to the process you have I um, definitely see it and it's uh you know and I I feel like I'm just gonna continue to grow and I am you know continuing that it's yeah everything is a trajectory I'm not mad about all these free books we've been receiving <laughs> It's nice to have these books in the house. Yes. Now that I'm going to start reading again. Yeah. And, and, you know, they, they've been unexpected, you know, cause some of them aren't necessarily in the genres that I would, you know, like purchase for myself. Yeah, it's good to and branch so, out. Yeah. So it's been, and that's, again, that's part of this learning experience. I think it's a major accomplishment for anyone to publish a book because yes. that's a lot of work. Yes. And kudos to any of you listening that are writers, because that is that is amazing and I'll always be here to clap for you and support your your small and big wins yes um because I truly do believe and I said this I'm like a broken record with this quote we rise by lifting others if I could just convince the rest of the world that we do that right um you know I have personal experience in that in that we rise by lifting others because I've worked with so many people in the industry when I was in coffee with like either restaurants or, or coffee shops or cafes that you you need each other like when you see like again bringing back to somebody feed film um you'll see like industry people know each other in in those episodes and that's kind of what it's like when you have a business and they all support each other mm-hmm. and they trade food and they trade they introduce each other mm-hmm. and none of them are like my food's better than your food no no my food's different than your food you want to, you try this food. It's different than what I make. Mm-hmm. So that's just like coffee shops. People are like, oh, you have so much competition. Does it ever bother you that you have so much competition? I'm like, I don't, we're different. We right. have different things. We have different beverages. We have different drinks. We all, we have the same base for right. certain, certain drinks, but we all do it differently. Right. And a lot of people caffeine crawl, like they, they go from one coffee shop to the other, just like people do with food. Right. You don't eat at the same restaurant. You I mean, you might eat at the same restaurant every day, but you're going to, try other things too right. you might have your favorite but you're going to try other things too and then that might become your favorite right you know and the that's exactly the same thing with podcasting so everybody has a story every right. podcast is every different podcast is different like that we're and I'm not competing against no. anybody else my podcast is my podcast it's, and this is what I do is that in my virtual coffee spot Cause this is our little, like we've got our coffee, we've got our environment. It has the dog and the cat. We're in our, you know, quiet little space here. Yeah. So it's different from other things yeah. and it's like a menu. I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to mm-hmm. sample this. I'm going to try this. If I like it, I'm going to keep ordering it. Competition and 
jealousy are just silly concepts to me in adulthood unless you're playing a sport you shouldn't be competing with anyone else that 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 is their whole purpose when you're playing a sport a soccer team's competing against the other soccer team that in life you shouldn't be competing against other people because we're all different like every author every author's book is completely different we all have our own brains yes just because you read one person's book doesn't take away from the other person's book no there you can read yours too like that's what readers do they read lots of books writers don't need to compete with each other um there's no reason to be jealous there's no reason to be my book's better than your book especially if they're not even the same genre right like it's just doesn't even make any sense it's hard for my brain to process I'm like I wrote a book you wrote a book let's read each other's yeah and let's talk let's talk about our books let's Let's talk talk about about I'll I'll talk about about mine I'll talk about yours yeah exactly um same thing with with anything that's out there it's every account is every person is different yes every person that's doing what they do is doing it differently than someone else. Like every artist is different. You're not all drawing the same picture. You're not all making the same merchandise. Yeah. Um, you know, you might do a certain style of art and then this other person does another style of art. It doesn't make it better or worse. No. It just makes it different. Exactly. Everyone, we're losing sight of our uniqueness and our individuality. And we are all different trying and different people trying to do the same thing is just... It, it takes away from that creativity, I think. And and you you lose the joy. Yeah. And so this kind of goes back to the original topic at can. So we're actually Support. full circle. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So supporting each other. Supporting each other, right? Yeah. Like helping each Someone's other. Someone's success doesn't negate yours. Exactly. That comes back to the we rise by lifting others. It's you can still support. You can still be a silent supporter. It's just that it, what what hurts you and others is that that lack of of support in that you don't want you want to don't want that person to be as successful as they are you if you want to see someone fail that's yeah. that's again that's not good right that's not good right again yeah. writing a book is a it's huge, a lot of work it's a huge undertaking it's it a is. huge endeavor and it's brave Yes. It's brave and because everybody wants to shut again, this goes back people yeah, why do people want to shut you down? It's back why to that wanna... negativity and yeah. negative reviews. That's just not okay. Like no. I will never accept that. And it just no. it disgusts me when I when I see people um talking negatively about an author or a book, their their cover, their grammar, their whatever it is. I'm like, you don't know their funds. You don't know, you, you don't know that this goes back to the history. You never know what people are going through. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I'm going to use, uh, the example from, um, W angel. He, and he even said it, he recklessly published his first book, but he was so excited. And he literally said these words. He was so excited that he recklessly published but he also did it by himself. He didn't have 10 people editing. He, he just, he was so excited to put his story out there and he got so many bad reviews and he, but at the same time, and he took that criticism. He took the correct, um, uh, constructive criticism. He's like, then people realized, oh, he doesn't speak English as a first language. Like he, he isn't, you know, the, the grammar isn't 
English, uh, uh, American English. And so people did start to take um, all of these things into consideration, but they had to like literally like stab him, mm. you know, at first. And I, um, I felt so bad. And I was like, ouch. People you think know? they're doing you a service by giving you a low review because it's going to make you do better, but you're not. If you have something critical to say about uh, someone or something that they've done, just maybe tell them offline, like not in a, in a review, like maybe on a sidebar, or maybe that's just not the thing for you. Like when I had the coffee shop, Yelp reviews used to make me nauseous. I couldn't look at them. I couldn't read them. I was so scared of Yelp because I would, I did everything that I could to get the best reviews. My things were quality of product, quality of service. Um, I'm going to give you the best inconsistency. I'm going to give you the best product and I'm going to give you the best service, which you can only control so much. I can't control the parking and the Wi-Fi and the Wi-Fi. Right. And this, you know, the silly things that you, that people get reviews for. So bottom line, uh, moral story, I can't tell you what you put to do, but I'm going to tell you (laughs) that I won't like you as a person. If you are a naysayer and you don't support other people's endeavors and you want to see people fail. If you complain about unnecessary things in Yelp reviews like parking and Wi-Fi, uh, just decency and kindness. And do you know what it goes, do you know what, how much work goes into creating a book cover, right? Into creating a book into like our, just a piece of art, you know, be kind just yeah. be kind. We can get kindness trending again. Try to help, you know, again. Uh, so when you were talking. Probably preaching to the choir. I'm sure we are, probably are. When you were talking to, and you were, um, I had a vision in my head. Um, in the military, one of the things that they do is they help each other over a wall. And when they help each other over the wall, they do it in such a way that literally every single person is helping the person go over the wall Mm -hmm. and then at the very so basically what happens is let's say 12 people go over the wall they help you know each person and then the one person is left on the other side and then what they do is the the people the 11 people that are on the other side are hanging over the wall to pick up the one last person so you literally it's like leapfrogging your way over the wall and that is what I see teamwork makes the the dream yes and so you literally so 11 people have gone over the wall one Mm -hmm. by one individually and then you have that last person that 12th person who's trying who's left on the other side of the wall and then the 11 people who are on the other side are extending their selves that's amazing could you imagine what we would accomplish if that's all like that that's what we did like that's what we do just like yeah you know if you're just bringing people over the wall to get like build yeah like you don't leave that guy on the other side of the wall like you figure out how to, you you learned how to help people get that one last person to get back to get over the wall so again you can go on to achieve the next thing you know and if we could do that if we could get people to see that you don't have to be competitive like this isn't it's it's again it's not a competition no and but Going back to the original question. Today's letter is S. <laughs> Brought to you by Coffee Chats. 
Today's word is support. <laughs> I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh my God. Would you like to, baby? Yes. Since you are the one that actually created the tagline, would you like to send us off with the tagline you created that I have asked everybody else who has been on the podcast to sign us off? Would you like to take us out with the tagline you created? I will do that for you. Thanks, babe. Go forth and be magical. Yeah. What would you have done if I said no? That wasn't very supportive. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 